Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight, it's February 1st, 2024. Guys, these are about as exciting times as anyone could be living in right now. In a couple of days, in a couple of days, we have a wedding between Shane Train and Coco. Choo-choo! Come on now. But wait, there's a lot more. Yeah, so the very next day, we're having an ordination service that recognizes three powerful men of God. Spencer, Big Country McLean, Justin Linton, and Abimbola Deramola, whose lives have had the prophetic insight that this day of ordination was inevitable since the very first day that each of these men arrived at this house. That's pretty exciting. To be able to walk into a place and God begin to prophesy to you about it and us living in the days where we're all getting to witness it, be a part of it, and be blessed by those very things. Amen. Additionally, we're recognizing a man of God in Adam Cora who will unequivocally be an outstanding lifelong elder to our and being added to our leadership team. Speaking of prophetic insight, we want to let you know that this has also been prophetically on the hearts of our pastors and our other outstanding elders for years now. Now, you may not have considered it yet, but what does it mean for all these, uh, all these activities, the all kinds of visitors and guests that we're going to have? Family, even some estranged family that's going to show up this weekend. Friends that are either already here or are heading this way. That means that the next few days are going to be filled with a lot of things. And we're not just talking about busyness and setting up. The next few days are, are very special for us as a church, and we want you to grab hold of it. It means that you get an opportunity to participate in God's desire, to break down walls, to soften hearts, to bring repentance, and bring the very spirit of God into people's lives. But wait, there's more. Look, we have men in our midst this very week who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Adam Ellis, let's go! Come on! Hallelujah! Yeah! Yeah! Come on. Beautiful. Juan Acevedo, where you at? Raise your hand. Stand up and testify, brother. Stand up! Saints, these are lions who are now walking in new levels of empowerment. Saints, the power of God is evident across the globe. It's evident in our church body. Somebody say that's awesome. That's awesome. What's more is that you, LCM, are the ones that are responsible for this celebration. Men like Big Red Machine Paul Rosales. Big Dog Rob Barnett. Slam Duncan Cody Stevens. Machine Gun Steve Thomas. These are just some of the men, but there is so much more and others who are laying their hands on their brothers and witnessing the affirmation of God Almighty among these men. It is our determined and stated purpose tonight not to let you sit and just be an observer. Can we go ahead and celebrate what God is doing in this house? God's spirit is the driving force, the impetus that is giving us the verification and the validation that he is with us. Somebody say us. Us. That he's fighting for us. That he's giving us victory at every turn. Yeah. 
It reminded us of Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. Okay. Him we proclaim, yeah. warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone, everyone. mature in Christ. Not just a selected few, but everybody up in here. Everybody. For this, for this reason of bringing everyone to maturity, I toil, struggling with all of my limited energy. With all his energy that so powerfully works within me. Church, his energy is powerfully working within this house. That means he's working within you. That means you have access to the very same power that causes the dead to be raised again. That's the power that's at work in this house. Hallelujah. Speaking of the warning and wise teachings that Colossians just spoke about, what kind of, of amazing sermons have we been receiving lately? We don't have to look any further than this past sermon on Sunday, Sofron, from our pastors, Eric and Bim. <laughs> Easy. Easy now. Easy now, big guy. The general has spoken. But the word of God is bringing us all to maturity in Christ. You've been introduced to Sofron to have a saved mind and to keep in mind that which saves the situation at all times. Let's pull up the slide, Beth. You guys remember this? Come on. The description of Sophron, the man who is Sophron, walks among the beauties and perils of the world, feeling the love, the joy, the anger, and the rest. All of it. And through all, he has that in his mind which saves. But whom does it save? Not him only, but as we should say, the whole situation. And it saves them in an evil from the coming to be. Saints, like any fantastic sermon, we know that you have been tremendously blessed by this. And now, look, you got it all figured out, huh? No way. No way. We are just learning what this means. Look, the Lord gave us that sermon because it is what we need. What we have to fight for. What is the norm? In my own home, I wasn't even aware how desperately I needed to be walking in Sofron. How much I desperately need to be walking in the right mind. Can you guys relate to that? I know that you can. Struggles with correction on the job. Walking in shalom with our spouse. Being able to celebrate the great things that God is doing for other people have all been showing how desperately we need to keep our mind on that which saves the situation at all times. Anybody had to fight to keep Sofron in view to this week? Yeah. Anybody had to fight for today? Absolutely. That means that God is giving us everything we need. He's not giving us the idea and the concept of Sofron for us to be able to say it and not implement it. What's happening is we found this week that we need to have Sofron. And if you're not careful, you found out how little that you're actually walking in Sofron. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Hey, let me say that in a better way that will help us all keep our minds on that which saves. Yeah. We have found target-rich environments in our own heart. Hallelujah. That help us to get out of our own damned minds damned and mind. walk in Sofron, which is a saved mind. See, the result of Sofron is that we get to rise up in action-oriented, victorious faith. Guys, I got to tell you, I'm so excited about tonight. Not because this is a complex word, but because it's the right word. Elder Eric, pastor, venerable. How about just Eric? 
Eric shared this verse in a word of prophetic utterance during our worship turn uh, during our worship time. Let's turn to 1 John 5 and we're going to take a look at verse 4. <laughs> Getting a lot of nose from the crowd tonight. 1 John 5, 4. For a few select people. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Except the one who has set his mind on that which saves at all times that all circumstances might be saved through it. See, our pastors mentioned that Sophron is far from just positive thinking. Y'all realize this week that positive thinking isn't going to last very long? Because what does positive thinking do? It causes you to ignore that which is negative and not deal with it. It makes you Joel Osteen. There you go. See, what we're doing here at this church is we're learning how to walk in Sophron. We're learning how to face our setbacks, to face our failures and trials by keeping in mind that which saves the whole situation at all times. Church, I can tell you, Look up at me and you can trust us tonight. We are going to fulfill what 1 Timothy 4 and verses 15 and 16 say. Practice these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean I don't have it the first second that I learn what the word is? That's exactly Not what we're saying. Not even close. You got to practice these things. Even better yet, you have to immerse yourselves in them. So that all may see your progress. Let's go. Don't you want people to see your progress? What does that mean? That means, one, you have to be moving forward. And two, you can't have it all worked out at the beginning or no one can see you progress anywhere. We're going to watch the progress of the men and the women in this room. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teachings that the Lord has been giving us. Persist in this. Somebody say persist. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. In every circumstance. Pastor Wade, this attitude reminds me of a verse that we are going over in our home. Luke 10, 19 through 20. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Say all. All. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Saints, I'm excited about this. Look, we are beginning to know what it looks like to walk more and more in Sophron. And God, through this, is reminding our family of the authority that we carry when we're walking in Sophron. Saints, it's exciting to me when I'm thinking about the authority over the power of the enemy. Isn't that an exciting thing? Yeah. Amen. However, I've found that there is something even more precious to rejoice over through this verse. I'm rejoicing. That my name is known by my God. He is our identity and we are found in him. Come on, to be able to walk in that identity that God has given to us. Now look, we want to jump back in. There's no way that we can go over the amazing message. It is not our job tonight to preach, re-preach the message from Sunday. Has anybody listened to it at least once since Sunday? Anybody like me and been listening to it every day since Sunday? Because this is exactly what we need. We're going to pick a singular verse that helps encapsulate part of this attitude that God is building within us. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 10. 
We're going to look at verse 9. Hey, thank you for that question about is anybody listening to this every single day this week. It just cut me right to the heart. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, oh, no, man. no. I just need it that much. <laughs> I, want, I want everybody to see my progress. I, I need the help as much as I can get it. Joshua 10, 9. So Joshua came upon them suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. They weren't moping. They weren't dragging their feet in the dirt as they came up there. Joshua and the armies of God came upon them suddenly having marched up all night from Gilgal. Lionel Richie style. L Lionel Richie style all night long. That's right. There's something about being able to surprise the enemy. There's something about the men and women, not just somewhere else, but here in this room, having the ability to be able to have a surprising faith. See, Joshua here is full of Sophron, and he led the people of God towards the kind of bold actions that were surprising to the enemy. Yeah. This kind of faith is surprising to the world at large for sure, and it's unfortunately a surprise to those who claim to be in the kingdom of light. In other words, we look at Joshua and put him in a different category, and we think about these things mainly as being a representative of principles that we should learn. Seems to be a rare commodity, but the truth is that there is no other type of faith that you're allowed to have. That's right. There's no other type of faith that you and I can have. Hebrews 11 is not meant to be the exception, but show you what the rule is in Christianity. Yeah. That reminded me, you can stay there in, in Joshua 10, but it reminded me of Ephesians 3, you know, verse 12. You know that's in whom we have boldness. Somebody say boldness. Boldness. And access with confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Through our faith in him. Yeah. So I ask you not to lose heart about what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. LCM, can you hear it? Yeah. Can you hear the boldness and the confidence through our faith in him? Keeping in mind that which saves the whole situation at all times Come on. causes us not to lose heart. Amen. but rather we get to glory in difficulties. Amen. Knowing that he responds to this kind of bold, warrior-like faith in him. Amen. Let, me guys, let me show you a scripture that we've been talking about today in Psalm 35, 8 through 9. Let destruction come upon him when he does not know it. And let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it to his destruction. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. Saints, what I find incredible about this verse is that we serve a God that surprises the enemy and gives us complete and total victory. And godly men before us, they prayed this way because they were walking in Sophron as well. As believers, we aren't the ones who are surprised by an attack of the enemy. Let me say it again. As believers, we aren't the ones who are surprised by an attack of the enemy. Instead, we expect it. We know that we are at war. Instead, we are the ones who rise up with surprise and faith and be, bring destruction to the enemy's camp, and we are rejoicing in the Lord, and we're glad to do it. Come on now, church. We're in a day and time where no longer are we allowed to be surprised that the enemy attacked us. That's what he does. We're in a battle. That's going to happen. See, we cannot understate how the heavens respond to the man and the woman who walk in Sophron that leads to daring acts of faith. Literally, not only are the heavens fighting for you, but they stand at attention, just like the sun, 
just like the moon did in Joshua's day, to make sure that you can gain the victory. In fact, Joshua 10 and verse 13 in the ESV, you know what it says? It says that the sun didn't hurry to set. No hurries. I got nothing better to do. I'm just the sun. I think I'll, I think I'll watch what's going on here. Yeah, speaking of. Amen. Yeah, we're not going to be surprised when things don't work right. That's all right. It's almost as if the sun is going, I'd rather stand here and watch these men and testify on their behalf that this is the faith that moves mountains. This is the faith that caused the heavens to respond. We're saying that all of creation responds to you when you stand up in this kind of faith. Didn't you hear that on Sunday from Bim and Eric? Didn't you hear in Psalm 14 that the seas looked and fled? The sea didn't split before him. It looked at the men of God who had faith, and it ran in the opposite direction. Now, that's a metaphor. It is not a metaphor. It's not a personification. Oh, I see. Yes. It is, the Bible is saying exactly what happened. The same thing with the Jordan. It got sick. It got, it started feeling sick to its stomach and began to run away from the men and women of God. Come on now. This is exactly what happens when this kind of people who are here in this room, when you begin to stand up in this kind of faith, with a sound, saved mind, and you begin to operate rightly, and you begin to do daring acts of faith, bold things that don't even look possible, and yet you know that your God has spoken, so you rise up and you move forward. Even creation. Come on now. You worried about what a judge may say? You worried about what someone on the telephone has just told you? Are you worried about a sickness? No! We are the people of God. We will rise up and heaven and earth itself will testify on your behalf when you do this because of the power of your God. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Romans 8, 18 and 19. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Listen, saints. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Saints, the heavens are responding to us just as they were responding to Joshua and his men. Even nature responds to men and women who act in this way. Creation is looking to break free from its corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. Nature is saying, these men are set free, and we want to be set free in the same exact way. Somebody say amen to that. So we are 19 minutes in, and it's time for us to give you the title of the sermon today. The title of our sermon is, The Momentum of Magnification. The Momentum of Magnification. So let me just say it plainly. The time has come for everyone who is under the sound of my voice and the families that you represent to embrace and engage with the replication of the pattern that the Word of God has given to us for our lives. You're going to see something special. We're going to dive back into Joshua 10 as our primary text tonight. We're going to do it because, A, it's one of the best chapters, one of my favorite chapters in in the whole Bible. But there's something else that we feel like God has specifically for this group of people. The entirety of the story of Joshua and the people of God 
pivot at this point in their history. Things change after Joshua 10. These warriors are no longer in a repeating cycle of victory in Joshua 6. Then failure, Joshua 7. Then victory, Joshua 8. Then failure, Joshua 9. Then victory. They're no longer in the cycle of expecting the next chapter to turn over and you lose what you've already won. Come on. They now have got it. They got it down in their soul. They, got it. they move from victory to victory to victory. Oh, yes. If you're counting the last time since you sinned, we're going to help you to get it tonight because that's not the way you're going to live. I expect there to be another chapter and things won't be as good as they are now. That's ridiculous. That's not, That's not so, Fran. That's not faith. We're going to rise up and do better than that. By the time this chapter is done, you're going to see them walking in their heavenly identity, displaying confidence, full confidence in who he is and who he is to them. They build a special kind of momentum because they are replicating and magnifying a singular pattern of Sophron and then the bold faith that dispossesses the enemy and conquers the entire land that God has promised them. Oh, come on. That's a good place to be. Does anybody want to go there with me tonight? You and I walking in victory for every battle that you face, secure in our identity, full of bold Daring acts of faith become a surprise only to the enemy and not to the people in this room. Amen. We're going to dive back into Joshua 10. Turn there with me. We're going to continue the story immediately where our pastors left off on Sunday. They finished in Joshua 10, 14. Let's pick it up in Joshua 10, 15. So Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. These five kings fled. Somebody say five kings. And hid themselves in the cave at Makeda. And it was told to Joshua, the five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Makeda. And Joshua said, roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard them. (laughs) This passage and these five kings have been a treasured teaching here at LCM. For decades now. You can listen back to foundations on on the book of Joshua and hear some of the most incredible insight. You can find countless sermons where we've addressed this here at this church. See, these are like the weapons of old that we've spoken to you about. Coming to life once again. And now it's time for it to come alive to you. These kings are the very things that attack your Sophron. They're the source of the ambush. They're the source of the adversity. They are the source of the problem, and we're going to figure out what to do with them tonight. We put it up for you on a slide, the attack of the five kings. Now, the way that we derive this is you can find this in almost any lexicon. Blue Letter Bible, you can find it almost anywhere when you type in the names of where these kings were from. The king of Jerusalem. Jerusalem has to do with possession and the foundation of peace. Come on now, how many times has there been an enemy king that is trying to affect your shalom, your right order with God, attacking you, constantly causing you to want to do something else? There's an attack against your shalom. 
Joshua shows us exactly what to do. We're going to roll large stones up against it, and we're going to set a guard against those things. Amen. An attack from the king of Hebron that has to deal with attacking your fellowship. You know what I really need? What I really need is just a few minutes to be by myself. What I really should do, this has been a really busy week for me. Don't you understand? So what I really should do is to pull away from fellowship. You know, I see Big Spence. He's getting ordained. I don't know if that's fair. I'm going to pull away from fellowship with that kind of brother. Don't do it. That'll show you that you shouldn't be standing right here. The king of Jarmuth, the word actually means height or elevation. But this king is trying to attack your calling. I can't believe that Adam, I mean, got just randomly selected to be an elder at the church. He's just, all he is is just muscles and working out. That's it. What does someone else's success have to do with you at all? None. Why is that even an issue unless there's a king that is trying to attack you in your calling? Get it, Wayne, get it! Come on now. This is exactly the same kings that Joshua's facing. Is exactly what we're facing in this room, and we're facing him tonight. The king of Lachish, that which is impregnable or undefeatable. This problem is so big. This mountain is so high. I don't think we can do it, and I'm afraid that God won't meet us supernaturally. I mean, he's done it for some other ones. We have Pastor Peter here. We have Pastor Slaughter here. I mean, I've heard of great tales that God has done for them, but I'm not sure God is going to meet me on the same supernatural level. That's a wicked king that you're going to destroy tonight. How about good old king of Eglon? Everybody say Eglon. Eglon. I just like that name. I just think it's funny. Yeah. This is the name of Eglon means and speaks about a young bull, but what the attack is from this king is an attack on your confidence. Do you hear how these five kings are exactly what we're trying to face in our own lives right now? Absolutely. So how do we address these kings? First of all, we recognize that they are wicked enemy kings trying to steal your peace, trying to get you out of fellowship, trying to make you doubt your calling, trying to get you to avoid the supernatural because you're afraid it won't happen for you. And basically just trying to steal your confidence so you won't rise up and do exactly what God said. So what we're going to do is Joshua says, I want you to roll large stones. Yeah, come on! You got to get some stones up yeah. in this house. Yeah. Large, I mean really large yeah. stones. Yes. So that you can, you've identified these enemies. You're applying the word of God to it because you know exactly where they are. You're not surprised when it happens because you know who your enemy is because you've already learned who your God is and who you are to him. It makes a clear distinction here. And then what do you do? You set a guard. Hey, set a guard over that. You're not something that you're going to go, yes, 
The enemy is trying to steal my calling from me. I identify that. Here's some stones on it, some large stones on it. Now I'm busy doing something else. You set a guard. You set a guard over your mouth. That's a good word. You set a guard over your heart and your mouth. Stay where you are in Joshua. Psalm 141.3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. There it is. I, I mean, I did <laughs> Okay, this is going to get personal. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to get up and personal. I'm only speaking to you as my husband. I mean, I'm just sharing from what I actually think. You're not supposed to... Set a guard over your mouth. Set a guard over your mouth. <laughs> stop allowing, stop accepting. Okay, I'll, I'll let you get back. It's all right. Thank you, Pastor Will. Stop allowing and accepting faithless speech from your mouth and the mouth of the people in your home. From the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You're not just trying to work through emotions. You are constantly spewing faithlessness. Set a guard over that. Set a guard over that. That's the way you begin to deal with these kings. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, 3 says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Amen. This is a life and death situation. Proverbs 18, 21. The power of life and death yeah. is in the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit. So how about you guard what God, what God has put within you, and you do not allow faithless speech. Saints, we're going to guard our mouth and speak worthy words. And once we do that, we're going to go into verse 19 right here in Joshua 10. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies. Attack their rear guard. Do not let them enter their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. Saints, we're on a campaign. This is not a time for a single battle, and then we're going to camp out, and then we're just going to stop. We are making momentum in these steps. Saints, we are gaining momentum in every way, and we don't want to rest after just one victory. It's upward and onward from now on, saints. There's more work to be done. Let's get up and move. Luke 10, 19 is, of course, you have the authority. You have the dominion, and will gain the victory over these false antichrist kings. Rejoice in your identity and the work that is set before you from our God. Saints, I can remember a time when getting one verse for a brother was downright frightful. Does anybody else remember that? I remember when praying in front of people was downright frightful for me to do. But saints, but now, but now. Saints, now we are amazed at how much we can accomplish together just in one day. Saints, if we keep this momentum going over and over and over again, we live a lifestyle this way, these kings are going to continue to fall. Saints, I've learned from this church body to engage the enemies of fear and insecurities and pursue them because God has given them into our hands. That is their destination. That's where they're going. And now, now, since we're learning about Sophron, we are focused that much more on that which saves in every situation. Come on. To be able to continue to move forward all the way into the end of the task that God has assigned and not allowing any room for you to pull back, to fall back, 
to shut up, to let up, or back up. You continue to move forward. Look at verse 20. When Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished striking them with a great blow until they were wiped out. Anybody ever said that? I'm wiped out. Stop. Just, just stop. And when the remnant that remained of them had entered into the fortified cities, then all the people returned safe to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. Where were those kings again? At Makeda. They finished. They, walked, they absolutely were dominating the enemy. They did not then go home, retreat, and look for some solace away by flipping on Netflix. They didn't run away from some special time flipping something on their phone. They went and they camped because though they had finished delivering a great win against the enemies of God, what about those kings that still aren't dead yet? There is still work to be done. Come on. Come on. How many times have you and I forgotten that there was more work to do? Man, I did it today. I got That was good. And then you go home and you forget that's your primary ministry. I prayed this morning and it seemed to work. Now I'm kind of done. I'm just going to get some. Okay, so this is showing us how we're supposed to do this. Verse 21, then all the people returned safe to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. I love this phrase in the ESV. Not a man moved his tongue against any of the people of Israel. Shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. How powerful of a victory. Not The people are now not standing against them. They're like, I better close my mouth. Yeah. They returned safely after decimating the enemy. And by the way, I want to remind you that this camp was on the battlefield. The camp was on the battlefield. (laughs) We've got friends who are about to move overseas. So what they're starting to do is live like the move that is imminent. You start paring things down. You start living more lean. Totes. Totes of totes. Church, that kind of thing is usually good for us because we've gathered so many comforts that we want to keep with us. How about we start learning how to make our campsite on the battlefield itself? How about we go ahead and just deny ourselves those comforts and say, this job isn't done yet, so I'm going to sleep right here. We're going to stay alert and awake. See, they're gathering their resolve. They're not retreating. They're gathering their resources, and they're looking to replicate the pattern that God is giving them. True faith-oriented action, it silences the tongue and the lying and accusing tongue that's there. Amen. You can think about Isaiah 54. We're not going to turn there. No weapon that is fashioned against you is going to succeed. You will refute every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. Anybody got some uh, wagging tongues out there that need to be silenced? Sometimes it's my own. But every tongue that refutes what God is saying is going to be silenced in this process. Amen. We're going to put a guard over our mouth. Go to verse 22 for me. Then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me 
from the cave. And they did it. And brought those five kings out to him from the cave. The king of Israel, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. And when they brought those kings out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel. And he said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. Then they came near and they put their feet on the necks of the enemies. Saints, faith-oriented action puts you in a place to hear from God and to hear from your leaders. This is what we need to be focusing on right now. We are going into new lands. This right now in this moment, if we're having trouble, we're having trouble hearing the voice of our God. We're having trouble obeying what's going on from our leaders that we have to be doing some heart surgery right now. How much of our walk is faith-oriented action or is it stuck in fear and insecurity? Something has happened to Joshua at this time, saints. Something has happened in the heavens. And it's now, it's happening in all the hearts of the men of Israel. All of them. This is the very moment when all of the men, all of the chiefs of war, say chiefs of war. Chiefs of war. Are going to get a taste of the victory that the Lord has brought to his people. Joshua is their fearless leader. And he is imparting to them something that is so important. The victories that God is bringing about in our own midst. The marriages that we have going on here. The launch of the One Association Europe team. All of these things that are going on are designed for us to know what supernatural victory feels like, saints. That's what they're designed for. LCM, we want to tell you, you are a church of chiefs. You have been faithful to participate in the struggle. You have been faithful and active to sacrifice for what God is doing. And now it's time for you to feel what supernatural victory feels like. It is through the struggle that you are able to participate. And it's through the warfare that victory becomes real to you. To be able to participate in the supernatural victories are there. Joshua already had these kings locked up. He could have just finished them off and moved on. But there was a pause that was taking place so that every man among them would know what it feels like to have your foot on the neck of the enemy. Realizing that you are the dominant force and that this enemy could literally die if you so decided. There's something in us that we have to grasp this as a church. It's not enough for just a few of us to know what that kind of victory feels like. Every man, every woman in this house needs to know what it's like to put your foot on the neck of the enemy and win. Well, but I wasn't the one that caused the case. Shut up! Shake it! Put a guard over your mouth. You are part of the army that is winning. Well, I'm not the one going, come on, man. Put your foot on the neck of the enemy. Get what that feels like. Understand what it's like to not just be slightly victorious, but so overwhelmingly 
dominantly victorious that this one will never write. This king will never get up from this spot. Yeah. Now, with that said, look at verse 25. Okay. <laughs> and Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to you all your enemies against whom you fight. Yeah. Okay, let's embrace with this for a minute. Because this verse and these verses that Pastor Spencer just did are what helps set the pattern for us moving forward. You ready for this? This is the first time that Joshua says, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Be strong. Be courageous. He's had it spoken to him. Moses spoke it to him at the end of Deuteronomy. Uh, God spoke it to to him at the beginning of Joshua. The people spoke it to him later on in the first chapter of Joshua. Now... He's looking at them, and he's saying, oh, I got this now. I don't need anyone else to tell me to be strong and courageous. I have taken this message, and I am now strong and courageous, and I'm telling you to be strong and courageous. What is it like for us? Man, if we get encouragement, what a blessing that is. But none of us are at a disadvantage if you don't get the constant encouragement. As a matter of fact, we should not need that from our brothers. We should be the ones providing that encouragement, that challenge to the men around us. We're going to do, and then we're going to teach this. Amen. But wait a minute. So they have the feet on the neck of the king. They've decimated the other armies and the people following them, why would he be saying, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed now? Is it, I mean, isn't victory just obvious and imminent at this point? See, the reason that Joshua is saying this, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed, is that that's still a response that people have, but Joshua is worried about their future. He's trying to say, you got to get this pattern and you got to internalize it now. It can't be that we're waiting on a Pastor Eric to tell us this or an Elder Bosch to lay his hand on us and our strength and our resolve return. We have to be the ones doing it for others. We have to be the one that is so filled with courage, with bravery, with strength, that we're saying, we got this because I know who my God is. And I am setting my mind on that which saves at all times for every circumstance. This is what we have to do right now. Church, we are on the verge. Some might even say we're on the precipice of the greatest expansion in our community's history. So I tell you now, church, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Those are not the same words. Afraid of your involvement, dismayed at other people's involvement. Now is the time to get this pattern deep in your soul. It's time for you to get the taste of victory. Are you a part of this house, yes or no? 
Are you a part of the one association? Those of you who aren't a part of this house, you're still a part of it. Both. You got to get that taste of victory. Together, collectively, God is doing something. So it applies to Keith Phillips just as much as it applies to Spencer McLean. It applies to, it applies to Nolan Hewitt. Do you know why? Because God is doing it in our midst, and he's trying to say, rise up, men and women. Put your foot on the neck and feel what that feels like, yeah. and don't you ever forget it. Amen. You be the one that can say, don't be afraid. Why? Because I've been that in the past, but I won't do it anymore. Amen. I won't let my own fear dominate me. I won't let my own discouragement cause me not to do what I'm supposed to do. The children of Israel never look back from this moment forward. Amen. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to apply it to you. The children of Israel never look back from this moment. You mean things can change? Yes, they can change inside of you. Those ancient giants of fear and being dismayed, they can be crushed, and they're being crushed right now as we speak. Amen. This is the moment where the convictions of other mighty men move beyond phrases, mottos, and placards on the wall. Amen. The truths that other men fought for and have given to you freely, oh, that's not a negative. That's an incredible thing. But we've got to move where we have internalized these things because we know who we are. We have Sophron, and we're going to move forward or we're going to die trying. Amen. What we're preaching is a weapon of old. It's what has built this house. The house that you now sit in has been built with this tenacity and bold, audacious faith. What we're saying to you is that this has to become the new pattern for you. It's the only way that we are going to move forward is for every man and woman to take this to heart and let this be your new pattern. Saints, one of the most amazing things that I can remember since walking into this church is when all these axioms that are put on the wall, I agreed with every single one of them. But then when you got to stand through one of the most difficult, horrendous trials you've ever stood through, and the thing that you looked at at the wall for 10 years, and then you looked at it one day and you went, I got to step in the same shoes as a Moses before me. That was the thing that he did, and I got it too. Now I can bring that to the people that need it the most. Yeah. This is something that's amazing. This is no longer a, a motto. This is no longer just words on a wall, but it's a way of life, saints. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of life that these things that are on our wall, it changed the men before us. It's changing us now, and it's going to change the generations later. Yeah. Turn to verse 26 for us. And afterward, thank you, Joshua struck them and put them to death. And he hanged them yeah. on five trees. Hanged them. And they hung on the trees until evening. But at the time of the going down of the sun, Joshua commanded. And they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves. And they set large stones yeah. against the mouth of the cave which remain to this very day. Victory has become the pattern. Victory is now the norm. Saints, Joshua, and all the people, at this moment, they got it. And they're not willing to let it go either. This is a time when the kings and the authority that's attached to their chaos is struck down and destroyed. These kings, they're dead and gone. And there's not a mausoleum that's created. 
They were building momentum. Say momentum. Momentum. And they're moving forward, saints. You see how on the screen Joshua takes them down before sundown? Because the pattern never leaves the truth of Scripture. In Deuteronomy 21, it says that you, can't, you can hang somebody for punishment for their, for their behavior, but you can't leave them beyond when the sun goes down. In the midst of victory, Joshua's like, yes, I learned my lesson, and every bit of the word is just as valuable to me, and I will fulfill it all. Look at verse 28 with us. As for Makeda, Joshua captured it on that day and struck it. And its king, with the edge of the sword, he devoted to destruction every person in it. He left none remaining. And he did to the king of Makeda just as he had done to the king of Jericho. This becomes the pattern that Israel then displays. We're going to put it on a slide for you to help us. Everybody say, thank you, Pastor Wade. Thank you, Pastor Wade. Really, all Pastor Wade. So verse 28 tells you about Makeda. It's Joshua and all the people. Why? Because they were camped there because the previous verse had said it. Then the king and the kingdom are finished with the edge of the sword. Then they've devoted to destruction every man, everyone, everybody, everybody. They left none remaining. And they did this as they had done to the king of Jericho. That becomes the pattern. Okay. Uh, we're, in chap- we're in chapter 10, verse 28. So in the previous 27 verses, we talk about this singular battle that's going on, how it develops, how it moves. Now we have a verse, one verse that summarizes the next battle. Yeah. Wow. Then in verse 29, then they went to Libna, and they did the exact same patterns. Joshua and all the people, the king and the kingdom were put to the edge of the sword. They devoted destruction and left no one remaining. And then they did as they had done to the king at Jericho. Yeah. Then in verse 31, they went to Lachish. The exact same pattern. Joshua and all the people, the edge of the sword, none remaining. As they had done to the king of... Oh, wait. Wait. In the beginning process of getting this pattern, they're looking back to their initial victory that God had done supernaturally at Jericho. Thank you, Gibby. The marching band won the day. You're welcome. Then the next battle at Lydna, they're like, just like we did to the king of Jericho. We won it again. You see, it's the same God. We were remembering all the way back. And then something happened when all of the people got this pattern down in them. Then, when they get to Lachish, they're just thinking about the previous victory. I don't have to go back to the first victory now. I'm starting to stack up these victories because I'm following the pattern. I'm building momentum. And what's going on is now I don't need to think about 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I can think about last month or last week or yesterday. And that victory is fueling me to do it again and again and again and again and again. And they go until verse 40 says they just did it to the whole land. When somebody is used to winning, 
When you get used to winning, you know what a real man of God who's used to this pattern, they've built some momentum. Hey, man, what happened? It was a tough day. The Lord helped me, and I won. You don't even know what they even went through. You don't know what court battle that they had to fight. You don't know what opposition they have because it doesn't matter. They just got used to winning, and you start your explanation. You're going to give, continue to give glory to God, but you're not even worried about the details because you've had enough victories. They all just are the same. As you're both building momentum by replicating the pattern, you start learning to look to the most recent victory, and it gives you power over, to move forward. No longer do you see the people having any hint of failing to inquire of the Lord. It's not even discussed. No longer do you see any hint of lacking, keeping in mind that which saves the whole situation at all times. No longer do you even get very many details about the battle. When you have the momentum of replicating the same heavenly pattern, i.e., staying in Sophron and launching forward with bold, audacious acts of faith, you start getting really good at just walking in the victory. This is what you are a part of, church. The truth is that the battles actually escalate from here. Is that surprising to you? Most people stop reading and like Joshua 10, this is the battle. Can I tell you that there's a larger coalition that comes against them in chapter 11? More kings, more people, more chariots, more horses. Why don't you know that story very well? Because it was already the pattern that they were following to win. As a matter of fact, after that, there's even giants in the land that they have to go. But it doesn't matter. The enemy literally does not matter because they found the pattern. They built a momentum following what God had said, and they know what to do. Church, you know what to do. Do not think for a second that you are lacking in some type of depth of teaching. We are only lacking in building the momentum of feeling what victory feels like and then just doing that again and again and again and again. But we're getting it right now, and we're going to get it together. Saints, as we're talking about these things right now, and Pastor Wade pretty much hit it, but I want to make sure that we get this. The details do not matter of our circumstances situation. You never see this. You don't hear any details between verses 29 and 40. None. And this is a way that we can direct our heart, direct our families in the exact same way. Look, we're creating a pattern of Sophron here. We're creating a pattern that is building the momentum. This is what we are learning from the book of Joshua, and this is how we're going to continue to live. Verse 42, please. And Joshua captured all these kings and their land at one time, saints, one campaign. Because the Lord God of Israel, he fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Saints, this fight that we are in right now, this is a campaign of a lifetime, a campaign for a lifetime. This is what you were made for, though, LCM. This is what we have been forged in. God is fighting for you by giving you a pattern to replicate. We're not, we're not going to be staring just at our fears. We're staring at the pattern to replicate and empowerment to build momentum while you do it and the tangible feel of victory as enemies are being placed under your feet. 
this momentum will be magnified more and more through our lives as we walk out so far. So saints, while we are stepping into new lands, and we're stepping into new lands of responsibility, look, right now you can know for certain that nothing can hinder you, nothing can stop you. We have the attitude of 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It might be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord for saving by many or by few saints. Saints, we're building momentum. We're building it. And as a body, look, the Lord is using our setbacks, our failures, our trials, but it's through our battles that we all know what it's like to put the foot on the neck of our enemies. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on forward. Part of the prophecy that came forth during the worship time was that God is calling us out into deeper waters. It requires that we circumcise our hearts because he's not going to share, we're not to share our trust with another. The call was that we step forward that God might lead us wherever he wants us to go. Here's what you're going to do tonight. In just a minute, we're going to get you to stand. And as you're standing, I want you to picture and envision that there's an enemy that is under your feet. Because that's where he is. It is time, not for the select few, but for every one of us. Every man and woman, if you're here visiting, it's God, this applies to you too because God brought you here for this time. Amen. You've got to identify where those kings are trying to steal your shalom, trying to steal your fellowship, trying to steal your calling, trying to steal that which is supernatural that God intends to do, that which is just your confidence that is trying to be stolen, and allow it no more. Fine, you feel that way, defeat it. Let me tell you one of the things that God has done in my life recently. You would think that after the motorcycle accident that I have, that I had, that there might be some insecurities that actually grew and increased. Not so, my friends. I've not become reckless, but I am no longer intimidated and afraid to make a mistake. Made the biggest kind of almost life-costing mistake that you can make, and I'm standing here before you. Still here. I'm still here. I haven't been broken. I haven't even been bent. Not a little bit. You would think that my difficulty would have increased my fears or insecurities, a.k.a. my faithlessness. But there's something different than happened that's supernatural. Amen. And God's allowed me to put my foot on the neck of this longtime enemy in my life, and I'm never going back. Amen. Does that mean that I never have a thought that was habitual before? Of course I still have the thought. You know what I do? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I will not be afraid. I will not be dismayed. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be courageous. And I just win. 
I follow the pattern that has been set before me by my brothers and by this house, and I just win. And I win every day now, and there's something that's changed on the inside of me. And it took the battle that I was in to do that. Amen. How about you tonight? What errors have you just relegated to this is just always going to be this way in me? It's just the way I am. How about you put your foot on the neck of that now? You can talk to me all about all you want about the term of Sophron, or you can actually walk in it. You can actually get up and say, that will not mark me anymore. No more. I've had enough of that. I will change. I will allow my God's empowerment, and I will never go back to the way that felt before. Because I know what it's like to win. When you stand to your feet, you're going to stand to your feet with a determination that says, never again will these five kings have sway over me. They're already in the cave. I've already applied the stones to them. I've already put my foot on their neck. It's time to kill them now. Because I want that supernatural momentum of victory after victory after victory after victory. Because you can have it. You can have it now. If you want that now, stand to your feet. Oh, Father. Father, you have shown us this pattern, Lord. Father, we praise your name, Lord. Worthy is your name, Father. Worthy are you, God. Lord, you have shown us, Lord, this pattern of how to put our foot on the neck of our enemies, Lord. Lord, this is the moment. This is the time where we rise in our hearts. And we rise, Lord, and we stand up and we know what we're created for, Lord. Lord, you have caused this to happen, Lord. You have caused us to step up, Father.